Welcome to Crossbound Ministries, where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word? You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Open your Bible with me to the first John. First John, as we're going through first John, verse by verse, we're in chapter number three. First John, chapter number three and verse number five is where we'll begin today. And I pray that you are blessed by today's message. Amen. Will you open your heart to God's word and allow it to do its work in your life that you may be closer with God to walk with God? Amen. So 1 John chapter number 5, the Bible says, And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Don't you love that? Not a little sin, not as much as he could do, just the best he could do. No, the Bible says, and in him is no sin. You see, a Christian cannot go on practicing sin because that would be a, it would just be a complete denial for the purpose which Lord Jesus Christ came. And you say, but God loves me just the way I am. Yes, that is right. God loves you just the way that you are. But listen, God didn't die on the cross so that you can stay the same way that you are. No, Jesus died on the cross so that you could be changed, so that you could have salvation, so that you could have a cleansed and purified life, so that you could walk closer with God. Does God want you to change? Absolutely. Does God love you fully and completely? Yes, he does. See, the Lord Jesus Christ, he was manifested to take away our sins. A Christian cannot go on and sin because that would be a denial. That would be a complete denial of the work that Jesus did on the cross. The Bible says that he came to what? He was manifested for what? To take away our sins. Let me read that verse again. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. There is no sin in him. Now, does God love you the way that you are? I already answered that and said yes. But listen to that verse again. He doesn't want you to stay the way that you are. No, sir, no, ma'am. He wants you to walk with him and talk with him and purify your life. Amen. And grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. That way you can be closer. You can be more filled with the spirit. I didn't say that you can lose your salvation. No, sir. or No, ma'am. But you can quench the spirit when you allow sin into your life. Listen to what the disciples say about Jesus. Peter tells us that he did no sin. Paul tells us that he knew no sin. Now John the disciple knew the Lord in an especially intimate way and adds, the, adds to the testimony. And he says, and in him is 
No sin. N-O. There is none. Not a drop. See, Jesus never sinned. And they, I've heard people say that. Jesus never sinned. That's true. That's a true statement. Jesus never sinned. He never sinned because he's not a sinner. It's not in him. He's not born of man. He's born of the heavenly father. Amen. Did he come through a, a woman? Yes, he came through the virgin Mary. But he was God manifest in the flesh. Those three are one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen? Let's look at verse number six. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. This verse is a contrast to the true believer with one who has never truly been born again. And let me just say, there are many so-called Christians who are in church or not in church, and they call themselves a Christian, but they've never truly repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never truly been born again. Let's read that verse again. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth not hath not seen him, neither known him. You see, when a person gets saved, you're going to see a change in their life. A person gets truly born again, you are going to see a change in their life. I guarantee it. If you don't see a change in their life, that is a real sign to worry. That is a real sign that they need to check their salvation. That is a real sign that they need to make sure that they are right with God. Because see, you won't want to sin no more. It doesn't mean you won't sin, but the difference is you don't want to live in sin. And you want to repent of your sins. Why? Because the Holy Spirit that lives inside you will convict you that you need to get right with God. A true believer does not go on sinning. It doesn't mean you'll have a sinless, perfect life. But you won't go on living in sin. No, there'll be some drastic changes. You might clean out your house. You might throw away all your rock atoms. You might throw away all those magazines that you don't have no business having in your house. You might throw away all kinds of stuff. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is making changes in your heart. You're a child of God. The Bible says that you are a new creature in Christ. Amen? So there's going to be some changes. John is not here talking about isolated acts of sin. John is talking about habitual, characteristic behavior. In other words, going on living in sin, and there's no changes in their life. You see, how isolated sin would be, I sinned, but I've repented, and I've messed up, and I don't want to do that again, even if you do it again. But it's the act that you have in your heart that you don't want to sin. You don't want that in your life. You don't want to hurt the Holy Spirit. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. You do want to be close with God. You see, that's the difference. This verse does not imply that when a Christian commits an act of sin, he loses his salvation. No, sir, no, ma'am. The Bible says that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. This verse is saying when someone continues to live in sin and has no changes, he or she has never truly been born again. And you ask, and I ask, what is habitual sin? Habitual sin is when you go on living the life like you always lived, and you don't have real remorse, and there's no real changes, and you don't, you don't have no new desires. Hey, you're just going on, and you're living in habitual sin. And that is a scary place, ladies and gentlemen. If you claim that you're a Christian, 
and you don't have a true desire to change, there's no real desire in your heart to get away from sin. There's no real desire to move forward for the Lord. You don't have a desire to go to church. You don't have a desire to be around God's people. Listen to me, that you need to get on your knees and get get it right with God. Amen? John does not answer this, but he puts it in the believer's hand. What is habitual sin? He doesn't answer that question. He puts it in your hand to put up your guard. He leaves the burden of proof on you, on the Christian. Now I want to read to you what the Bible says about your salvation. Not what a man says, not what a preacher says, not what a pastor says, not what an evangelist says, not what Dr. So-and-so says. No, sir, no, ma'am. What the Bible says. The Bible says this in Philippians 2, 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does he say about your salvation? He says, you work it out for yourself. Only you know. Only you and God can truly know. Oh, others may see the fruit. They may see the repentance. They may see the change in your life. But listen to me. It's between you and the Lord and no one else. I'm not saying you shouldn't get some good uh, biblical godly advice from your pastor or a preacher or an evangelist. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. But the Bible says, not me, but the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With fear. Isn't, isn't that a, a unique way to say it? Why does he say that? With fear and trembling. Because listen, the Bible says that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. If you've never been born again, the Bible says that there's a place called hell. There's weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth, gnawing of tongues, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. That's a horrible place, ladies and gentlemen. You do not want to go there. Not for one second. And I believe that's what he's talking about. You better know that you know that you know that you have been born again. That you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That you have put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. And it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. It's a fearful thing to be cast into the lake of fire. Up in a place called hell. Where there's no hope. There's no water. There's no nothing. Just hurt, despair, and pain, and wailing, and gnashing. Just a horrible place. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that that is what the Bible is talking about when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And you say, but God is love. Yes, he's love. He loves you enough that he sent his own son to die on that cross. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So it is a good thing to fear God. Absolutely. The Bible says that it's the beginning of wisdom. Amen. When you start to realize how big, how mighty, how holy, how powerful God truly is. Amen. You are starting to get a glimpse of wisdom of what God is. Amen. Now you think about that. All the stars, all the universes out there, we can't even see the end of the universes. But the Bible says that God can measure all of them with just the span of his hand. 
how big, how powerful, how mighty, and how holy God truly is that we cannot even wrap our mind around it. Amen? Look with me in the next verse. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. There should be no confusion on this point. He makes it very clear. A man cannot have spiritual life and go on living in sin. You're not going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ and go on living like you always have, drinking, cussing, living in sin, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. No, the Bible says you're going to start to clean up your life. You're going to have a desire to be around God's people, around other Christians. You're going to have a desire to listen to good preaching. You're going to have a desire to get in God's word and get the milk of the word. The Bible says that, that a newborn Christian will desire the milk of the word. What does a baby drink? He drinks milk. But as you grow, as you grow, you start to eat meat. And it's the same in the spiritual life. Amen. When you get born again, you're going to desire the milk of the word. And as you grow, God will give you the increase of what you need to continue growing as a Christian. Don't you love that? Let no man deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you. No preacher, no so-called theologian. Just listen to what the scripture says. Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And it's not, a, it's not a big, complicated thing. It's not. You know, to be righteous is just simply do right. Even a child knows that, to do right. Amen? And you know that. Nobody has to sit down and make a list for you. Don't do this, number one. Don't do that, number two. Don't go here, number three. No, you, you don't need that. No, you just need to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you. Hey, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't listen to that. Don't look at that. Don't say that. Just do right. And that's living in righteousness. We complicate things and say, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. And it's got to. No, just do right. And that is righteousness. Amen. Look with me now, verse number eight. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Mm, man, that's harsh. Ain't it? That's just hard to swallow. That just hurts. That's a stinger. Even for a Christian. Verse number eight. He that committeth sin is is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Some children are so like their parents that you couldn't lose them in the crowd. Some children are so much like their parents you can you don't even know that you don't even know, know know their last name. You can just look at them and all their features say, "I know whose kid that is." And sometimes their actions can be the same way. You say, "I I know whose kid that is." This is true of God's children and of the devil's children. You see, when you show the character of God, people know who you belong to. When you choose to love. When you choose to forgive, when you choose to give mercy, you are showing the character of God. But when a person lies and cheats and steals, they are showing the character of the devil. The Bible says he that committed sin is of the devil. 
for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Why is Satan here? According to the Bible, he come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to, to kill you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to ruin your life. He wants you in bitterness and hate and hurt. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your children. Don't give place to the devil. Don't give place to sin. Because listen, just a crack, just a crack will allow him to throw some sin into your life. He's just waiting for it. Just an opportunity. Just a weakness. He just wants to get in there and do all that he can. And a lot of times it'll start so subtle you may not even notice it. Oh, and other times it may be huge. You just can't miss it. But a lot of times it comes so subtle. He creeps in unannounced. You don't even know it until you look back and you go, man, how in the world did that happen? That devil's so subtle. He's so slick. You must be vigilant. You must be sober, the Bible says. Why? Because we have an adversary who's walking about like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. He wants to destroy you and your home and your family. So be vigilant, Christian soldier. Gird up your loins. Put on the armor of God. Hey, be right. Do right. Live right for God. It's that simple. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Here again, the thought is, he who practices sin is of the devil. A man becomes a child of the devil simply by imitating his behavior. He, Im he is imitating his father. But in contrast, the coming of the Lord Jesus was in order to destroy or annul the works of the devil. That's what the Bible says. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, it, it still amazes me that God did just not destroy him right then. When in the garden, when he deceived Eve and Eve gave the fruit to Adam. It, it amazes me that God did not just destroy him right then. Why he did just not strike him down and cast him into the lake of fire forever and for all eternity. But we, we don't fully understand God. We can't. Our, if our finite mind cannot fully understand an infinite God. But God chose to do it another way. And this is the way. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. And the Lord could have destroyed the devil with just a single word. But instead of that, he came down to this earth to suffer, to bleed, and to die that he might annul the works of the devil, that he might offer me and you salvation through the finished work of the cross. That's how God chose to do it. Amen. And he is the maker of heaven and earth. He makes the rules. In all honesty, not to hurt your feelings, but what you and I think doesn't matter, but what God says means everything. Why? Because He is God Almighty. He makes the rules. If it costs the Savior, listen to this. Listen to this. This is so important. Listen to me and put this into your life. If it costs our Savior so much to put away sin, what should be your attitude 
of sin in your life? What should be the attitude of those who have truly trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? If it cost our Savior so much so that He could put away sin, so that you could be saved, what should be your attitude towards sin in your life? You stop and think about that. How much Christ paid, how much He suffered to save you from the penalty of sin. How much more should you keep sin out of your life once you've been saved? Amen. It puts a whole new lens on sin for me. It puts a whole new, it just brightens up my glasses and you go, wow, I can see it now. I should keep all that sin out of my life. Why? Because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me. The price that he paid so that I could be saved. Amen. Look at verse number nine. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. Verse 9 repeats, one who has been born of God, going on in sin. In other words, you're going to get sin out of your life. And so the apostle is contrasting the regenerate man with the unregenerate man. And it's speaking in contrast of the habitual behavior. Not a sinless, spotless, perfect life. No, you're still going to have some sin. Why? Because the Bible says that we're still in this body. And we still have a struggle with sin. But you see, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have no sin at all. But you are not going to go on living in habitual sin. Why? Because you are a new creature in Christ. You have new desires. The Bible says you have a new nature. Amen? Verse number 10. In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness, is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Here then is the fourth distinction of the children of God and the children of the devil. Those who do not practice righteousness are not of God. There's no middle ground. Listen to what he says. Those who do not practice righteousness are not of God. You see, the Bible says an unsaved person is an enemy of God. Oh, they may think I'm a good person. But no, no, they're not. God looks at the heart. And you see, we do most of our sinning in our mind. Jesus said, if you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. If you desire to harm a brother or hurt a brother, it's like you've already murdered him. So that's what God looks at. That's what God judges us by. God doesn't judge us by our own standards. No, sir, no, ma'am. When you go to court, they don't ask you, what's your standard? What do you believe? What do you think? No, they already have their own laws and their own standards. And that's what they're going to judge you by. And God, ladies and gentlemen, is the same way. God's not going to ask you or your peers, hey, what do you think about this? Well, how should we judge them here? No, God has his own standard and his own set of rules. And his standard is perfection. And he will not waver and he will not change. Amen. So I ask you today, 
If you died today and you took your last breath, where would you be? Would you be in a place called heaven or would you end up in a place called hell? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.